That's it. We're live. Just like that. Can you guys hear me all right? Yep. Sound great? Oh, perfect. Ooh, you, got a, you got a good voice for, uh, uh-huh. for radio. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> One of our previous guests, I told him we were doing video, and he, he, he made the comment that he has a good face for radio. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It's a good dad joke. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so welcome to Residing in North Idaho. My name is Seth Horst, my lovely and talented wife, Kristen. I always introduce you that way. I know. That's how you do it. That's <laughs> how I do it. I need to change it up a little bit. I don't know. I'll, I'll think about that I, later. I could introduce myself. Yeah. <laughs> sure. You, you want to do it? No, you already did okay, it. We can okay. move on. <laughs> uh, and today we have our friend Justin Scotch with us, and he is a member, a local law enforcement member. And we wanted to have him come on and kind of just kind of discuss like crime in the area and what law enforcement does, the whole feeling of it. So that's... That's why we're here. You might recognize the last name. Um, one of our previous guests uh, is his spouse. So here we are. And thanks for joining us, dude. Yeah, yeah thanks for you. having me. I yeah, appreciate it. Uh, how did you, how long have you been in law enforcement? I guess let's go that route. Uh, January 1st will be 11 years. Dang. Yeah. Wow. There. It's going by fast. <laughs> I, I remember um, like when I started in law enforcement, my previous job, if you didn't know that, uh, like, when I got to a year, I was like, all right, I know a little bit. When I get to five years, I know I'm going to know what I'm doing. Right. And then I got to five and I'm like, I still don't feel like I know yeah. that much. And then, all right, when I get to 10, that's it. I start, I guess by 10, I was like, I kind of knew what I was doing, but yeah, it's, it's hit that, that point for me. I remember my first couple of years, all I worried about, cause I moved across the country for this job. It was my dream to be a police officer. And my biggest worry was Oh, don't get fired. Don't do something, anything, you know, <laughs> don't break a policy. And yeah. I'm like, oh, going to work 11 yeah. years, you know? yeah. <laughs> another day. Just, just normal stuff now. Yeah, totally. That's right. You grew up on the East coast I did. as did I. Yeah. So is, I found that out. Yes. We had no idea. No, that's so weird. We are probably a, a couple hundred miles away from yeah. each other. If that. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to your wife and she's like, yeah, I was saying I grew up in upstate New York and she's like, Oh, so did Justin. I was like, what? How did I not know this? And you were like real upstate though. Yeah. Canada. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. <laughs> Cows and cornfields. Yeah. So I, the, the weather here must be nothing for you because it's harsher over there in my opinion. It's a lot more humid. Yeah. Uh, up there. But it's very similar. I, I kind of compare it to Bonner's Ferry. Yeah. You know, Adirondack Mountains, trees. It's totally. very similar, but a lot more humid in the summers and brutal. Uh, the snow the is pretty much the same, I think. Yeah. Uh, from here to there. So. I, fi- I thought it was colder over there. Would you agree with that? I don't know. It's been pretty cold here the past couple of years. We were just talking <laughs> last night, Jackie and I, that yeah. uh, last, I think it was the end of November, we had our first storm here and then it was like two degrees yeah. negative at night in first of December. So I think it's actually colder here from what I remember. You live up farther north than us, though. We're, yeah, we're that's city true. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering because I know. Snow belt. <laughs> yeah, because uh, when your parents were living there, they would call and be like, yeah, we're walking to they worked at a college and they'd say, we're walking to the college and it was negative 20 today and we were like freezing and I was like, holy yes. crud. Yeah. yeah, that was, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, so you ended up here for for the job, right? That's correct. That's wild too. Yeah. yeah. I had never been to Idaho. I think I knew potatoes came from Idaho. Somewhere <laughs> in the state. Idaho That's potatoes. about it. Yeah. I just yeah. knew I wanted to be a police officer and an opportunity came up and I took it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's kind of, I think a lot of people don't realize that like you kind of got to go where the work is. I mean, I tested 
numerous departments. Um, yeah, I tested on the East Coast too. I always ended up moving. I moved back to the West Coast prior to getting hired there, but I tested for NYPD, Boston Troopers. Um, I feel like there was another one in there. Then I moved to the West Coast and then got on with CHP. But yeah, it's like, got to do what you got to do to get the job. I did the same thing. I was in the process with a couple different agencies and my agency over here called up, said, hey, we'll meet you or meet us here for the academy. And I did it. And then I was in the academy when I got a call from another agency. We'd love yeah. to do your polygraph in Buffalo. <laughs> Sorry. I'm good. Pull my name out. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. So, um, I guess we did want to touch on, cause we get a lot of questions about like crime. This, sure. this is funny. Every person that moves up here from another state, like this happened with my last clients and it happens even with like retired cops, they come here and they're like, their mentality is wherever they came from and they don't understand that Idaho is totally different. Like we had a client move up and they had to get a rental for a month, uh, downtown Coeur d'Alene. And they were so nervous about parking their cars on the street. And I'm like, trust me. I'm like, I live downtown. I've never had a problem. My cars are always parked on the street or in front of my house. And the, the guy, he didn't sleep the whole first night he was here. He was so stressed about his cars out there. And, uh, he like got so stressed about it that he realized in the morning that he had left his car keys on the front porch the whole night. Everything was fine. And I'm like, there you go. Like you're good. I mean, I wouldn't suggest he leaves his door. On no, the right. no. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, we certainly get the reports from uh, local PD that, Hey, these cars have been stolen or we get the, the LPR reports, but it's, it's not like other States where cars are getting jacked or uh, keyed or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it happens, but not, yeah. Not, not at that amount where I worked in California and it was, it was sort of rural. So it was a, there's a lot of drugs there. So we had a lot of crime, I guess, but, uh, the stolen reports were like nonstop stolen cars in the morning. Like if you work day shift, you roll up and like, you know, you're going out to take some stolen cars. Right. If you work graveyards, you're picking up abandoned vehicles that were stolen. So it was like a nonstop. And then you, I come here and I'm like, I don't really like I don't hear that very often. I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, the reports I've seen, it's just to put a number on it, maybe two to four a week from, from like Coeur d'Alene police department. Yeah. But, that's not bad. Yeah. But then you have the County. I'm, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it doesn't seem like it's you know, 15, 20 a day or anything like that. Right. And, and some of that could be a function of like a, a smaller population, right? Cause sure. you know, we're not a huge population up here. Um, so I guess there's that factor, but yeah, it's funny back to the people moving here. I I've also had or a lot of our clients are first responders coming from other areas that have retired, um, or just want to relocate and they always come up here and they're like, this stress is palpable on them. And some of it's coming from the job. Some of it's coming from where they're, they're coming from. So, you know, I just like try to talk to him. Like he needs to like, just, just breathe into it. Like heal this place will fix you. For sure. I mean, when I moved up here, I didn't even know I was chronically stressed. And then after about a year, I was like, man, I feel like pretty good. It's a good place. Like I feel overall like really safe living here. Um, no, that's good. I can't yeah. even pretend I know that feeling because I didn't come from a state where it's constant <laughs> 10, 12 hour shift of action. Yeah. Here it's kind of ebbs and flows. And sometimes we're up and we're super stressed out from a situation or a call, but it's not all day. It's yeah. Not, not all shift. 
which is nice. So I, I can't even pretend I know what that feels like <laughs> to come from that to this. Or, well, ah, there's, there's levels, right? Like even where I worked, we had downtime, but I, I know a guy that worked, uh, Metro Las Vegas and it was like, oh, wow. dude, his stories are incredible. You're like, you didn't even do the same job I did. Like, I don't even know what you did, man. That's crazy. Uh, and then we have uh, another guy moving up here, a uh, client, and he's a uh, homicide detective um, in like a big Bay Area, California department. And he's been on over like 200 homicides. Yeah. When you when you think about that, you're just like, dude, the level of trauma this guy is carrying with him, you know, he needs a place like this. He, he needs, needs the beach and the lake. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. Needs, Put him in the right mind. And... <laughs> he needs a few acres up in Apple yeah, where I'll he can say. just chill. And... Absolutely. <laughs> and the, you know, there's crime everywhere and there's going to be crime everywhere. Um, I pulled these stats off of niche.com. Um, we've used them before, but I think it shows, so it shows the national average and then it shows what, and this is just for Coeur d'Alene. Um, but it, we're well below the national average average for most categories. Um, I'm actually really surprised that rape is very high. Um, hmm. Well, okay. So it's a resort town, right? When you have people partying in downtowns, you know, whether it's like a college town or a resort town, I think that's probably going to drive that number up higher. So yeah, right. that could account for that. But like, if you look at all these other things, look at robbery, you've got, it's 15 and national average is 135. Um, it's, uh, that's per hundred thousand residents, yes. by the way. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's quite a bit lower. Murder is 1.9. Versus 6.1 national average. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Assault murder. isn't that much lower. No, that surprises me. That's once again, it's like, uh, I think a vibrant downtown when you have a lot of bars and stuff like, do you guys get, so that's what I was going <laughs> to talk about. So for a while I ran our department's DUI team. Yeah. And I was also part of the North Idaho DUI task force. So I was kind of one of the supervisors, um, that coordinated a lot of our events. I think it was 2019 Coeur d'Alene was the drunkest city in the state of Idaho. Really? It was part of like a national article and a national study they did. And we were having a lot of fatality crashes. So that is a statistic that we're, you know, we saw an influx of just my department alone. We're five to 600 DUI arrests a year, just in the five Northern counties. That's so, impressive. So that is yeah. something that we do. We are really working on curbing that issue because we get a lot of, a lot of drunk drivers, a lot of DUI arrests. And, you know, we do have quite a number of fatalities. We're just trying to reduce that to zero. Yeah. I wonder, the target. If, I yeah. wonder if some of that has to do with the fact that it is a lake town, um, you know, like people at the beach or boating or whatever seem to like to drink mm, yeah. while they do that. And For then sure. off, also we have the bars and yeah, downtown, but it's so surprising to me because, well, I go to bed at like eight 30 or nine o'clock every night and we live downtown, but I know none of this is going yep. on. I'm just blissfully unaware of the, uh, the party scene down there. I have no idea. Every once in a while we hear <laughs> a drunk person like walking by our house yeah. and hollering, but it's very yeah. rare. Yeah. yeah. So I know sometimes when I'm on duty working night shift, and I was, when I was working the DUI team, I would drive downtown and, uh, yeah, you'd see some fights, big oh, crowds, yeah. and then poof, there's all the police officers. <laughs> and I think, oh, wow, I'm in the middle of this. Here we go. So, yeah. Yeah, it, we were told a, by uh, locals that um, COVID really um, amped things up with, like, huge. people coming from Spokane because Spokane was shut down, and then Idaho mm -hmm. was somewhat open. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So, so all the numbers went way up. Yeah. 
everybody from Washington because they closed the bars mm-hmm. coming downtown and they actually, uh, they kind of started a downtown task force and then they would call every other department in the local metro area. We need help. And we'd just flood downtown oh, because we fights. There was a shooting, all sorts of stuff. But now that Washington's fully open from what I know, it's calmed down a bit. Back down. Yeah. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I bet you guys saw an uptick in DUIs at that time too. Cause you have people from Washington driving back to Washington. Yeah. The was it 20, I want to say 2020, we had 604 DUI arrests just that year Dang. In, our, in our department. Yeah. Think about all the other departments working this area. That's quite huge. a bit for a lot, not for, a huge population, not a huge department. We I mean, were not right. Not this massive department of hundreds of officers in this area. So, Hmm. Well, to avoid that, folks, don't drive around at two in the morning, yeah. and you can avoid most of that. Or just don't drink and drive. Yeah, that, well, <laughs> I, I, that's <laughs> the advice. Don't drink and drive. I should have prefaced. I should have prefaced that and say, if you don't want to get involved in a crash caused by someone else that's there been drinking, don't drive around at two in the morning. That's what I meant to say. That's okay. what my mind was telling me. Yeah, I used to love DUIs. Were like my jam, dude. Like they were, they were so fun. I loved hooking DUIs. That was my favorite thing to do as a cop. I'll be honest. That's my passion. My yeah, favorite thing. That's awesome. It feels like the thing you can do that makes the biggest difference too. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, you, I mean, like, you know, you've saved lives. Stopping someone for 10 miles an hour over. I mean, yeah. yes, traffic safety is important and we need to curb that. They should do the speed limit. Right. There's just something about getting a drunk driver off the road or a large amount of narcotics or something like that. That's where I feel like, okay, I'm making a difference today. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, yeah. Those are the best. Do you have any like really good DUI stories that you could share that are like oh, yeah. friendly, oh, yeah. family friendly? <laughs> I think oh, this is probably my second year. I guess my, maybe my first full year, I just got off field training and I ended up, oh, it wasn't even a traffic stop. It was a motorist assist, just kind of North Coeur d'Alene area, middle of a four-way busy intersection in town. And there was this Mustang pulled over. I'm like, oh, I better check on this. So I walk up and I'm talking to the lady and I noticed some smells coming out of the car in terms of drugs and uh, her eyes are bloodshot, glassy, all the standard stuff. You go, oh, this person might be high or drunk. And I noticed that she had like one of those pullover like seat covers. I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. Oh, it's moving. <laughs> she had a six foot boa constrictor. Oh, oh my gosh. So my, at the time, my sergeant and another teammate show up on scene and I pull her out to do standardized field sobriety test. She goes, I would really feel more comfortable having the snake around my neck. So, hey, can you put the, the, the snake in the car? Well, she had her grandson in the car who was six years old. I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave this. Uh, I don't know what the snake's going to wrap around the kid, and I'm dealing with another issue. And she was, I, I asked her to put the snake in the trunk. Okay, then I'm going to kill a $1,000 snake and be on the hook for that. I'd really feel comfortable having it on my neck. This is not standardized at all. Let's do it. So I actually have a picture of me doing uh, HGN, my finger out in front, and the snake is away from her body right next to oh, me. Oh, like no, far. thank you. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool photo. That is a great we story. We were hoping to use it for like a billboard or something. <laughs> I, I love that photo because it was just such a cool, you know, uh, cool uniformed it. officer and this lady and she's smiling doing this and the snake's just looking at me. That's a great, put the tongue out. that's a keeper right there. Yeah. What a great photo. Yeah, I'll have to show you sometime. It's pretty good. So I'm so curious if you ended up arresting her, what happened with the snake? So she did go to jail that day. Yeah. Was, uh, a meth DUI. Oh. And what had happened is she ran out of fuel at, right in the middle of the intersection. And her husband was walking down to the gas station. He shows up, swapped over the snake, and they took her to jail. Okay. So, Easy. Yeah. 
yeah, that one worked there, out well. There's usually I've, a solution, I guess. Yeah, I've, I've had other situations where I am bringing animals to the pound and <laughs> dogs run away and we're doing so, so many issues. Oh, man, you're speaking my language. Yeah, eh? yeah I've dealt with a lot. of. I used to call myself either the, the animal whisperer or animal control because I've had all the weird animal stories. I was bitten by a cat. I had to have my rabies shots. Oh. Like the day of It was Christmas Day and the New Year's Day. I had to have all the extra shots and they have a picture of me. Sitting in the hospital bed, getting all these different rabies. <laughs> I think the first injection was, it was 10 different injections, two in each thigh, one in each arm and four in the bite. That's, oh my God. Weird, just weird <laughs> yeah. animal stories. A lot of weird things. I was through. like, yeah, the, the, there was an apple that the, oh. the cat bit me. So oh, man, of course my favorite DUI story is was so like, it was such irony. It was amazing. Do you, I'm sure you've heard these. I know you have, you get the 911 caller. That's like, Hey, I want to report a drunk driver. Cool. We get them all the time. Keep doing that, by the way. They're great. I've arrested a lot of DUIs that way. Uh, I get this call and I'm, you know, okay, hey, the the reporting party is going to pull in behind me. I'm going to pull over the car that he's calling about. I pull it over. He pulls in behind me. I go up and talk to the car that he called in. And uh, it was just a kid on his phone. No big deal. I go back to tell him that and I'm talking to him. And I'm like, oh, no, have you been drinking? And he's like, whoa you know, like I had a beer earlier. I'm like, no way. So I go through the motions. I end up arresting the dude that called in another guy for being drunk, for being drunk. It was like, wow, what a weird world. I'd like to be surprised, but that doesn't surprise <laughs> right. me. Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I've also had where I arrested a gal one time and she called her dad to come pick her up. Dad shows up, dad's drunk. Now they're both going to jail together. Uh, yeah, that that happens quite often. Yeah, people like, will show up to our crash scenes. And, oh, you're drunk as well. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, now I'm going to have to deal with this. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you guys get uh, a lot of uh, wild animals hit out there? All the time. I imagine some big ones too. Every time I go down my road, I, I almost hit an elk probably a month ago on my road. And turkeys every day. But then yeah. you get out on US 95, moose, elk, deer. Had a bear. Huh? Yeah. We actually had a moose get hit I-90 in Post Falls, right in the middle of the city. Ooh. Big moose and then uh, the baby as well. So <gasps> just, yeah, I mean, it was terrible to see. And yeah. Then, you have to deal with the road. People are hitting it. That's trying a mess to get too. it out at the same time. And they're so, huge. Dangerous. Yeah, massive. Yeah. 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 I've seen one actually tuna canned a Subaru wagon one time. Mm. We had to life flight the people out. Oh, man. It ended up living, but it's just terrible. That's a big fear of mine because I've, yeah. I've seen that crash with people hitting like a horse or something or yeah. a cow and like, yeah. yeah. Completely rips the top off the car and goes right through the vehicle. So insane, nasty. Yeah. Kristen came on a ride along with me one time, and she helped me pull a dead black bear out of the out of the freeway over in Humboldt County because yeah. I think it was big. I literally yeah. could not pull it by myself, so that was an exciting ride along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always try. Anytime she came on a ride along, I was like, eh, "I'm gonna make this kind of boring because I don't want anything bad to happen while we're together and the kids are at home." So, you know. That was cool. That was. Yeah. A, I got to see a hoarder once. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that I pulled, was exciting. I, I pulled this lady over that like, you know, the hoarders that yeah. like. I mean, there that was no room in her car. Oh, wow. Like everything around jammed her. around the gas pedal, the brake pedal. Yes. Oh, gotcha. I wrote her ticket. I'm like, that ah, no, this ain't safe. We're not doing this. You can't so. even see out the window like no. a little porthole. Yeah. Can't even yeah. like Basically, manipulate yeah. the brake. I'm like, no, we're done. Oh, here. Yeah. yeah. That's that's not safe. No. <laughs> You've run into some interesting people out there. It's kind of fun. Every day. <laughs> oh man. So um are there any areas up here that are like higher crime than others? I don't want to call out any cities, but I guess we could a little bit like 
I guess in terms of just because of the population and people coming in for sightseeing, I would say, you know, Coeur d'Alene would be mm. a higher prime area, but it's, it's a safe area. Yeah. I feel safe with my family downtown, Tubbs Hill, the lake. It's, it has its standard stuff, but nothing worse than other places. Yeah. I, that's good. And I kind of feel that way too. Like I, um, you know, people always ask us that when they're thinking about moving here, it's like, Oh, is this area good? Is this area good? I'm like, they're all around. Yeah. yeah they're like, great. is there any place we should avoid? Or like, they're looking for the ghetto and it's like, there's not there, a there, ghetto. It doesn't not exist here. here. I haven't found it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a good spot. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Maybe a few trailer parks here and there that are sure. less desirable, but sure. that's everywhere really. So. Absolutely. I actually found, I, I was so disappointed. Was it the first year, the second year we lived here? I found a hypodermic needle on the corner. Oh, yeah. Like mm. as someone was taking the turn, it came out of the car or something. Um, and then another day I found like a rather large bag of methamphetamine a couple blocks down and I was just like, on the sidewalk. just on the sidewalk. I was like, Oh, hell yeah. no. So I did the right thing. I didn't piss any cops off and make them book it into found property or evidence. So I, I threw in the trash. Yeah. I know that game. I'm like, no, they don't want to deal with that. So I'll, I threw it away. And then literally later that day, I saw this dude walking around town, this tweaker. And I was oh, like, yeah. he was all pissed off. And I was like, he's looking, he's for, looking the for the bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry, dude. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I don't see a lot of tweakers around here. Oh, and you know, the, the drug trends are changing too. everything. Well, I was a narcotics detective for a while mm. back then we were buying a lot of meth, uh, some heroin. Now it's a lot of fentanyl. I mean, That's scary. Nasty. Yeah. yeah. One of my guys just, uh, busted a car of people on their way to Montana Saturday, I guess. Yeah. It was Saturday. They had 1300 fentanyl pills. Does it look a specific way or do you have to like uh, Nick test it to. So we, we have like an electronic scanner called a true narc. So we do that, but we we're to the point now with fentanyl. We don't even, we don't count the pills. We weigh them. We try not to touch them, go near them. Yeah. Everything we have Narcan for everything now. And we've seen, you know, then we've heard the stories of people having to be brought back with Narcan and we've done it uh, to citizens, but. We haven't had that issue with any of our officers like going down, like you see the videos, but we still, we just don't mess with it. Super scary. Yeah. Keep it in the bag, package it in our own K-Pack and send it off to the lab. Let them, let the professionals handle it for the measuring and the testing. It was like not a big thing when I was working, thankfully, because that stuff's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Newer. It popped up probably what, five years ago, maybe a little less than that. That's all it is now. Interesting. Yeah. We're seeing it all the time. What does that make you feel like? What? I. It's like an opiate. Yeah, it's like an opiate. Kind of like the same effects of heroin. Okay. Yeah, most people are, from what I've seen, they're smoking it off a tinfoil. And you see a lot of, you know, I'll pull cars over and there'll be used tinfoil or a roll of tinfoil in the car. Who carries tinfoil in their car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have like a little barbecue in the back and wrapping up some potatoes and steak or what are you doing? (laughs) And then you'll see the tracks on it. Okay, now it's it's coming together. Yeah. Is it like cheaper than heroin? Is that why people are doing it's that? Pretty expensive. That's I mean, weird. depending on depending on the area. Yeah. I mean, where they're going out in Montana, it's twenty, twenty five bucks a pill. So just depends on on where you're going. Spokane, it's a lot cheaper. Mm. So or Seattle. It's all coming up through that area and then coming out through Tri Cities or whatever and coming into Idaho through to Montana. Interesting. Yeah. What uh what's the deal with no homeless people? I was here? just going to get I into know. that. <laughs> I wish I had an answer for you. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't, I mean, I've dealt with it in terms of like state properties. I've gone yeah. you know, to the rest areas and people are camping for a long time Yeah, and we've had to send them on their way, but cause you're there to have a quick rest while you're driving and get back on your road trip or, you know, 
we'll let people stay a day or two, but then they're making a habit out of it and they're making it their home. So we'll go through and then had a couple stories in the rest areas, go through, talk <laughs> to the people and, Oh, you're drunk or you're high or you have a warrant or whatever it is yeah. and dealing with them in that, in that regard. But yeah, most of the homeless population around here is always from what I've seen, been on more of state properties, not like in the parks or downtown. Cause mm-hmm. I would yeah. assume the, that PD down there is having these people exit. I can't figure out how they do it. Um, I don't know if there's particular laws that they're actually enforcing or I don't know, but they probably have city ordinance or something Yeah. in terms of of my job. It's a lot of state properties and stuff. Mm. And you know, if they stay, if they overstay their welcome, then we can trespass them or something like that. That's cool. Yeah. It's uh, I hope that never changes because once that starts to erode, then it's like, a downward spiral and right. then next thing you know it's downtown spokane and sure they're everywhere well yeah and i mean it's it's a beautiful city we want to keep it that way yeah you know, and you go down downtown spokane and people are throwing up on the sidewalks Dude, it's i've bad. literally seen that down there i'm going to a restaurant and there's vomit on the oh, sidewalk yeah. or people vomiting in front of you okay yeah well and that's I'm why good. yeah we no feel thanks. safe going downtown and yeah. doing what we do is because there aren't people that might not be in the right mind sitting on every corner. And no, it's super rare. Yeah. You'll so, see like one or two yeah. super clean city. Mm-hmm. It's such a good place. I mean, it really is. Yeah. I see why people want to move here. Yeah. Right. I mean, draw. our kid, like our kids, I mean, they're teenagers, but they, they walk around downtown by themselves and yeah. never had an issue. I don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, my wife, Jackie, she works downtown and right. I'm never worried about it. No, I worry yeah. more about her getting in a car crash than anything else. Right you now. Yeah. That's, she was oh. funny. We were driving um, back from the parade of homes the other day and mm-hmm. she just out of nowhere goes, we were like driving on Northwest and kind of by the college. And also she goes, <gasps> And then she goes, oh, my gosh, I thought I saw tents down by the college, like homeless <laughs> tents. <laughs> she, what she, was that? I, I saw it, too, and I was like, oh, this kind of looked like a tent. Yeah, like a- yeah. she's like, oh, my God, I scared myself to death like they're here. <laughs> <laughs> she did not tell me that. <laughs> yeah. That's good. But it was not. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, no, that would be a bad day. <laughs> bad day. <laughs> right as you're going downtown. Yeah. Like, oh, not here. Welcome no. to Cordo. Yeah. Oh, yep. I don't know if like the citizens would stand for it. No, I don't think so. I know. I feel I like wouldn't. probably just <laughs> right. Like just get yeah. a posse together and just go take all their crap. And yeah. Throw in a dumpster and like get out of here. That'd be the nice way of doing it. I said that the the PC way. <laughs> I meant bring a couple baseball bats down. There's a cop in the room. I can't say that. Um, <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know. It's hard because you don't want to be insensitive. Right. To that situation. Sure. Um, so I'm curious. It would be nice to have someone on that does know what happens to the homeless that do come through here because I've heard that we actually have some nice programs for homeless people and um, a good plan for them. So oh, it's just yeah, not like get out and, you know. I did. I had a conversation yeah. with a guy the other day and I think it was Union Gospel Mission. I'm not, I, I could be off on that, but um, it, there are, missions in town that will assist these people if needed. Uh, but he said in Idaho, they're very like, very strict. You can get help, but you're going to get drug tested. Like you're not, they're not going to put up with any of that crap. So that's good. Uh, yeah. That's I think that yeah. might be it. Otherwise, like if they want free stuff, it can just jump over the border to Washington and right. get yeah. whatever they want and not have to put up with that. So well, it's, said it's different over there. I mean, I went to Baltimore for work for a, a conference and people were smoking fentanyl right off the front porch as wow. we're driving oh down to go gosh. to like an Italian restaurant. That stuff doesn't happen here. It yeah. might, but 
it's not going to happen for long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But even Spokane has gotten that way in, in certain areas. It's such oh, a bummer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I wanted to go. Yeah. It's so there. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, very cool. Take that side of it out. It is like, it's got a yeah. l- real cool history. Um, cool architecture, like lots of great restaurants and stuff. But I'm like, I don't have any, any desire. I don't want to be dealing with that. Yeah, Crazy people yelling at me. Nope. No, thanks. Yeah. Try not to go down there at nighttime. Oh, yeah. dude. Oh, I bet, go during yeah. the day where at least I can see everything that's approaching. Yeah. I got some buddies on Spokane PD and I'm yeah. like, man, they are a active department that very yeah. call to call to call. And it's just like, yeah, you don't feel like you're doing much of a difference in those kind of yeah, calls. I can imagine. Yeah. You're fighting Absolutely. a tidal wave. Yeah. Not good. So, yeah. Oh, well, I'm thankful we live in Idaho. Let me just say that. It's a good place. It is a good place. Very good. Um, any other crime stuff we can talk about? I think we kind of touched on all of it. That was, that was good. Driving DUIs. Man. Oh, is it uh, a crime? Are you? Do you have to wear a seatbelt in Idaho? You do. Okay. So I it's thought a, so. It's a ten dollar ticket. Um, really? Ten bucks? Yeah, That's for cheap. kids like anyone under eighteen. It's yeah. a little. I think it's sixty seven dollars. Sixty. Yeah, sixty seven. Been a while since I've written one of those tickets because. Most kids are usually in a car seat or wearing their seatbelt, but it's a $10 and it's not a primary violation. So I can't make a traffic stop for someone not wearing their seatbelt. Oh, really? I would have to stop them for another violation. And then if I had observed the seatbelt before the the traffic stop, that's fine. I just can't stop for it. Interesting. Yeah. That's some of my favorite nonsense of come out of seatbelt stops for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't have to wear a helmet on a motorcycle. That one trips me out. It's kind of like, you can tell me to wear a seatbelt, but I don't have to wear a helmet it's kind of it's kind of weird right yeah, yeah that was hard it's kind of me. a tough argument too yeah, you got a point there <laughs> yeah well, yeah yeah when i first moved here I, and you know you see somebody on a motorcycle like the old trooper in me was like whoa wait a minute oh okay uh, oh, i guess that's good yeah that's weird and then yeah like four wheelers on the oh yeah on the road i go up to athel people are like dude it's athel everybody rides a four-wheeler <laughs> down the road or the razors that are literally driving on yeah. the highway you know yeah down well, what are the limits on that? Are you just not allowed to go on like freeway? So we, we actually had a pursuit of one on the interstate, but that Ooh. was, that was a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. You can't be driving those like on the interstate, but okay. guys drive them through town. There, there's a lot of regulations within the code book on them, but they have to have a mirror. They have to have brake lights, turn signals, those kinds of things. But gotcha. I don't, if they're driving lawfully. I don't usually mess with them. Yeah. You know, unless What's- there's like a DUI, some sort of indicator they're all over the road that but, yeah. or driving recklessly or something cores light in their hand while they're driving their yeah uh-huh. yeah i'm sure up in the mountains that's all <laughs> oh, all I'm day sure, long yeah. but i don't get up in the mountains too often on patrol so. what what about the riding in the back of trucks totally legal that's so crazy yeah when we totally not allowed in california I mean, oh, when sure. i was a kid maybe but um yeah so when we moved here and saw that all over the place we were like holy crud yeah. well and that's the same thing <laughs> with the seatbelt like you're required to wear your seatbelt here's your ten dollar ticket but you can ride in the bed of your truck right. and yeah you're fine Without it. is yeah, there rules around sense. it like can can they do that on the interstate yeah there's nothing oh, really saying no can, rules yeah i mean you wow. can literally i can't think of any regulation that would prevent someone from riding in the bed of a truck wow hmm. now it's not safe obviously no. yeah you get in a crash that's not going to end well for oh, anybody. Oh no! But, yeah, I've seen that. You know. Yeah, I, uh, like when when I was a kid, I was always, you know, if you're on a car trip, like they always stuck me in the back of the. We had an SUV, so I was in the back of the SUV, like no seatbelt. It was totally normal. And I look back on that, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't handle that. Like I can't believe you let me do that. What if you had a rollover? What if something happened? Yeah. Oh, my oh we yeah. did that with the, my dad. Had a you know 
Chevy truck and then with a camper shell on it. And then we would go camping. And so they'd pack all the camping gear on the bottom. And then two or three of us kids would be in the back. Yeah. Um, and lay back there the whole time for yeah. that six hour drive or whatever. I rode all the way bad. from, I, when I was nine, we moved from Pennsylvania to Alaska for a year and a half. And I rode in the back of a pickup truck the entire way with a, it had a camper oh, shell, but yeah, from Pennsylvania to Alaska. Actually, remember <laughs> um, not to talk about police work the whole time. No, we can't. It's, it's just a funny story. I was out working a Black Friday and it was probably five in the morning. Five, I mean, it was still dark and I stopped this car for something and I look in the back seat and there are two people. Two or three people sitting on top of three TVs stacked, like laying down flat in the car. So uh, all the seats were covered, no seatbelts. And they're just sitting on top of these brand new, you know, LED TVs. First of all, <laughs> not safe. Secondly, you're going to crush your thousand yeah, what are you TVs, doing? What is happening here? What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, just some of the things people, people. do to get their Black Friday deals. Uh, Wait till uh, Cyber yeah. Monday and have it shipped to the house. Even better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Well, what about gun laws in Idaho? I, I was doing some research because awesome. I wanted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to do like a video, a YouTube video for our channel, like about the gun laws. So I was looking at them and I'm like, man, they're pretty freaking awesome. They, yeah, they're fantastic. But as law enforcement, is there any, because you can assume pretty much every car you stop, like there's probably a gun in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, most there's of, at least most one because of, of mine. Well, yeah. 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 Good point. Good point. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I have a lot of families still living on the East Coast. Aren't you afraid to stop people with guns? I kind of expect everybody to have a gun. Yeah. If they don't have a gun, I'm usually wondering why not. Yeah. So, yeah, no, everybody, totally. I wouldn't say every car, but a lot of the cars I, I stop, there's a gun in there. I personally have never, maybe one issue, but that guy shouldn't have had a gun. Yeah. But most of the other people, they're super upfront about it. Hey, I have a gun. Cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. And off we go. You know, I usually don't take guns from law-abiding citizens. Right. I have a gun. I'm not going to pull them out and pull them from their gun. I just hang out with them at the window and conduct my business at the car and off we go. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of guns here in Idaho. I love it. I'm the, a big, big gun guy myself. So the cool thing is that most of those people would probably help you on the side of the road oh, yeah. if they needed to yeah. with that gun. So, yeah. I mean, the, the support for law enforcement here in Idaho is fantastic. That's so. something that really like attracts us to the area yes. too. And I think probably attracts a lot of retirees here is, oh yeah, is that like, you're you're loved here and supported and that's a huge well coming from california where we came from where the last few years it's gotten really really bad where right. um you don't even want to admit that you're in that type of work right anymore. you have to live in hiding yeah. outside of work it's so and weird. then to come here and then have it completely opposite yeah. you know where you say what you used to do or you do and people are like oh my gosh thank you so much for your service yeah. it's like ugh crazy yeah yeah the difference yeah i'm definitely you know i'm i'm proud of what i do it yeah. was my dream job to be a police officer i don't go around waving the police flag on my days off you know people still still that that thought of oh or you get the story i'm a police officer this one time oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, okay yeah, yeah. i got gotcha. you i know <laughs> trust me yeah <laughs> let me tell you about this ticket yeah. i got i got oh, God. <laughs> here we go yeah yeah Every family function. Just kidding. Dude, nonstop. I understand that pain. Uh, so you do competitive shooting too. I, I do. I, I wanted to talk yeah, about that a little bit. Been doing that since. Long time? 2014, I think. I started in three gun and then pretty much transitioned to USPSA, which is the thing I do most of my time. Is there a lot of that up here as well? Tons of it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much all in Idaho, Montana, Washington, Oregon. I mean, every state has it, but those are the areas I usually shoot in. Cool. Especially bigger matches. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I went out to Billings this summer for the area one championship. It was great. Nice. Didn't shoot great, but it was a great match. I imagine you not shooting great is still better than most people. It was so. decent. Yeah. yeah it, was okay. <laughs> it wasn't, I wasn't happy with it. <laughs> do you do like your own gunsmithing as well? Uh, you know, every, every, uh, self-proclaimed gunsmith has a Dremel tool. So mm. I've, I've messed up a few frames and slides <laughs> with a Dremel, but no, I don't, I don't do anything crazy. I do, uh, a lot of silicon carbide work. So it's basically just enhancing the grip of the gun. I like a super uh, high traction gun. Basically it actually cuts my hand open after practicing or shooting enough because yeah. I don't want the gun going anywhere. So I want to be able to grip it. Gotcha. So I do some of that stuff and for buddies and my own guns, but that's about it. Cool. Yeah. Um, are there some good gun shops in town? Tons of them. Yeah. 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 What's favorites? Um, triple B guns is one of my favorites. It's off a of government way. Okay. Uh, a couple or one of the guys that works there retired from my department. So oh, cool. good, good guy. And, and they're just a good, good family that owns the business. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, East County guns. I've been in there a few times. Been in there. Yeah. A good store. Um, I don't really know any of the guys there, but they have good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. They got um, the, the whole lineup of suppressors there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, surprisingly, I don't own a suppressor. I don't either. I, it's just one of those things. Like I'm such a pistol guy. Yeah. You know, I have two rifles. I have my three gun rifle, which is fully decked out, but I'm not going to put a suppressor on that. Right. And then I was able to purchase another gun, um, that I had used for work. And then I bought it from, uh, just kind of as a gift to myself. I'm like, I want that gun. And, uh, I haven't put a suppressor on it. I have a suppressor on my work rifle, but just not on any of my personals. Oh. A lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've thought about it too. And I'm like, I just don't, maybe someday just to do it. But like, I'm like, don't really have a need. Yeah, I mean, they're super cool. Yeah. But I've also had issues where I've set one down and burnt something or uh, almost burned myself. I'm like, eh, just for a quiet gun, I'm good. You know? <laughs> but they are super cool. I mean, I really like them. They have their purpose. Just nothing. I do. Everything, all my guns are centered around competition. So that's what I spend uh, my money on. Gotcha. New pistol optics, new slides, whatever. Does that transfer over to work somewhat? You know, I used to shoot a Glock in competition because I carry a Glock at yeah. work, but now I'm I'm using kind of a fully customized SIG X5 Legion. Yeah. I have a custom slide and all sorts of stuff on there. So it it all translates. It's a different platform, but you can shoot one gun. You can shoot one gun well. You can shoot them all. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so I, yeah, I would definitely say overall Idaho has a fantastic gun culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you don't have to shoot guns here, but you should. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true there's some good ranges too i like uh fernand is that's a one great of my range yeah i think you can shoot out to 350 yards up on the hills yeah it goes way out gong and before it's it's yeah. up there um which is awesome and then tons of uh rifle and pistol bays to shoot in so yeah, yeah i shoot uh one of the competitions i shoot is out there monthly okay. so nice I, they do three gun uspsa i don't think they do idpa i've never really shot that but they have a lot of good good different programs out there nice yeah I like that. So, um, overall, I guess like one of the main questions we like to ask people is what do you love about the community up here? You know, it's, it's such a great place to live because the people are always happy. It seems like, mm. you know, where I come from in, in New York, I mean, yeah, you could wave to your neighbors and stuff, but you get down into the city, you know, and I had some family that lived in New York city. You look at anybody or you wave at them and they're going to, yep. they're going to tell you what's up. Yep. So, it's nice to come out here. I remember when I, I moved out or I, I came out to visit the area and I visited Boise and went to a restaurant with some family members and people were so nice, always smiling, taking care of you. Customer service is fantastic. So just the people are generally happy. Yeah. Happy to go to work, happy to be here. You know, and the same thing up here. When I came up to Coeur d'Alene, 
I had not even come up here. I got the job and they said, you're going to be in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. <laughs> Never been before. Didn't even know how to, I, I called it Coeur d'Alene. And a bunch oh, of my uh-huh. academy mates were like, dude, we got to work on that. <laughs> so I'd never been up here and I showed up and I knew this was the place. Yeah. Everybody's so happy. and They, they love their, they love their area. Yeah. No, I think uh, we've had the same experience. Like anytime walking around downtown and I can, I can never tell if they're like tourists or they're locals, but either way, they're both happy to be here yeah. and they're always like smiling and talking and Hey, like uh, that, yeah. that is it. Yeah. To be able to hold the door for someone and they'll thank yeah. you and give you a smile. How's your day? I love that stuff. Yeah. My tight like knit, tight my, knit community. Totally. Yeah. yeah. My go-to indicator is the DMV. Like you go to the DMV yeah. and you see how they act and the DMV here, they're very nice. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. So except everybody go. knows the secret. If you go out of Kootenai County to a different DMV, you're in and out in like five yeah. minutes. Kootenai, there's still, there you we know, go. yeah, there's, you know, an hour wait or whatever, yeah. or you can do the Qless app and you can make an appointment, but you're still waiting. Yeah. But the people are nice. That's where like, we're like walking distance to the one here in Coeur yeah. So it's like, but when we did it was our, quick. I just went the other day and I did the Qless yeah. and it was like, there was, I can't remember seven people ahead of me or something and 20 something minute wait. And I was like, okay, well I went upstairs to do something. And then all of a sudden I look on my phone and I'm number one and I have two minutes. And so I like hop in my car real quick and drive. I mean, it's like, I don't even know, quarter mile down the road. Yeah. So, and I get there and right as I walk in, they're like calling my number. And I was like, oh my gosh, I won the lottery. But yeah, it was, it was easy. I think when we did our driver's test, we went to Post Falls. We did. It was, uh, that was COVID time. So it was, um, you couldn't get in for weeks and weeks. You couldn't even get an appointment. So you had on the queue list, you had to like every Thursday, they released the new week or something. And if, like rushing to get an appointment. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. So it, then we it was ended up six months, I think, yeah. four or six months just to get in to register a car. I mean, yeah. we were having, I would run plates and I'm like, yeah, it's expired by six months. All right. Yeah. yeah like, what are you going to do? Nobody can get in. They yeah. can't get in. So yeah, we ended up going to Post Falls to do, I think it was a driver's license because I had pre register us before we moved here to get an appointment, right? When we moved here for the cars. But yeah, because we were warned. Don't yeah, drive yeah. around with California plates. <laughs> I've heard that a time or two. Yes. <laughs> but I was driving around with New York plates. You know, yeah, I don't know which one's better. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, pro tip, by the way, if you are coming here from out of state, make sure to read through the manual a few times before you take your test. For the, oh, so for the many license. people fail. Yes. Know what open range is. Yes. It is not a running stove. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So read the manual a couple times, the booklet or whatever it is. And, um, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. I got a hundred by the way. Just a nice. Yeah. How do you even remember I that? I don't Well, it's easy to That's remember a hundred. I was, te- cause I honestly, I was a little bit terrified. I'm like, I'm coming in and I told the lady like what I did previously for a job. And I was like, man, I got a lot on the line now. Like I better get this right. So maybe she just gave me a, maybe she. No, it. it's a computerized system. <laughs> <laughs> but I studied. Cause I didn't want to fail. Yeah. Like not an option anyway. So there you go. Licenses, registration, registration is super cheap up here too, by the way. Yeah. 60 something bucks a year. I it's think. yeah. Crazy. Oh, Jackie cheap. takes care of all that stuff. I so. can tell. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So uh, I can tell you that my truck now that I currently drive in California would be like 800 bucks a year. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you pay for two years here and I think it's like, yeah, I think it's 120, yeah, 140 yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Somewhere it's in cheap. there. Yeah. It's fantastic. So always, that, we always get state parts pa- 
States Park State Parks Pass. Pass. Yeah. That's a nice, <laughs> nice thing to have. So, yeah. that, so that adds to it, but it's not much. Yeah. It's like 20 bucks or something. We used it on Sunday. We went up to Farragut. That's a great ran around, It is super nice. Yeah, super we went, cool. ran around with the kids up there. It was a beautiful day, too. And we didn't pay to get in because we have our Parks Pass. That's awesome. Yeah. That's another another good thing to have. Very good. Yeah. Well, shall we call it? Yeah. Dude, thank 40 you minutes. very much. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's really cool. It's fun. Uh, I'll have to have you on the other podcast. Sometime. Sure. I have another podcast for first responders called copy that radio. And uh, that's always a good time too. That usually involves bourbon. So oh, the stories get good. a little more risque. Oh, yeah. I have a number of them. Oh, yeah. I imagine <laughs> you do. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you yeah, for joining you, us. Justin. It's a pleasure to hang out Appreciate with you. It. And that's that. See you guys next time.